Evening live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio, powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hello, motorheads, and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show. Broadcasting live on TalkRadio1.com from our studio in scenic Gardena, California. Home of the highest shoplifting per capita on this side of the uh, the ocean. Coming up on today's festival Wait, of that's cars. Not, that's not true. That, that's, that is true. No, it's not I saw true. one today, as I'm getting beer for the show, this lovely Indio beer we're drinking, I actually witnessed a shoplifter being apprehended by a security guard. And the actual shoplifter stopped it to stop for the security guard? Yeah, he was concerned for his safety because the security guard had mace in one hand and like a baton in the other and like <laughs> was going to throw down. It was yeah, ugly. No, it's Gardena, so that does happen. I, so, yeah. I, I like kind of covered my face and tried to get In out fact, of there are you, are you sure that was even a security guard that had the baton and the mace? It may have just been a random passerby. Yeah. Just ready I mean, to beat that's down. That's kind of what guy. we do in Gardena. We just kind of the guy, the guy, the, the shoplifter. The, sorry, the accused shoplifter pulled this like bunch of um, butane or something like you know, like those little uh, bottles, Com- compressed gas. Yeah, like out of his like burning. shirt, and I was like, he had like five of them. And I was like, what? Stealing butane, man. Steal some booze or something, man. She's got some respect. <laughs> so I said, and I left. Anyway, coming up on today's uh-huh. festival of cars, comedy, and culture, we've got a special guest joining us in the studio. We do our 10-second car reviews. We play some games, Technology Corner from the website. It's just a really, really good show, guys. You should stay tuned the whole time. Um, But before I get too far ahead of myself, let me introduce some of the other ninja warriors in the studio today. Uh, My regular co-host Chris is out of town, so Nathan, um, who rode here today on a magic carpet, was taking his place. Yes, I did. Thanks for having me in the studio. It's It's quite a setup you guys have here. (laughs) You bet. Uh, And my uh, producer, Ben... Uh, he's wearing mismatched socks today for some strange reason. Ben, does your wife not love you enough to match your socks up from your laundry? What's going on? Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. That's just we should get some applause for that one anyway. <laughs> um, and finally, we have a special guest joining us in the studio. He is an all-around car guy, a writer for for Jalopnik.com, a mad skier, and he prominently features his middle initial, uh, Andrew P. Collins. Uh, Andrew P. Collins, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Vince. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so first question, um, and uh, you probably get this a lot, but how many times have you crashed into kangaroos while riding on a motorcycle? Uh, let's see, motorcycle, I've taken out about three. Trucks <laughs> would have been uh, a bit shy of 50. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they're unbelievable. Like and you drive across Australia at night, and uh, they bounce off the mirror like flies. It's, it's crazy. I, I heard that down in Australia, they actually have things that go on the front of your truck that are for that so that when you hit them they just kind of it's kind of like a snow plow but like a rue plow or something like that <laughs> that is not an exaggeration you see uh, sometimes you hear brush guards destru- described as yep. rue bars and uh, that's that's a real deal here in the US you know you just get the, the decorative kind of bar covering the headlight down there they go hardcore that's where you get your ARBs your TJMs those like robust uh, steel just slabs like you said uh, snow plows <laughs> snow plows and, and so these these things are just suicidal they're just jumping in front of the roads yeah the uh, kangaroos have a very poor sense of sight but they can hear pretty well so they hear you coming and they know they have to move but they don't know where to <laughs> Yeah, they, and they uh, well, they love sleeping in the road because it's nice and, and warm okay uh, <laughs> or they're just they're not intelligent at all they've uh, it's it's been heard of that they'll actually crash into the side of a car that's wow. driving, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I was back in back in uh, 2011. I led uh, off road tours to Australia on uh, on dirt bikes, and basically it was me and this one other guy, uh, Magnus Ericsson, who ran Outback Adventure Treks, still does. 
we would switch off. One person would ride point, and then uh, you know the tourists in the middle, and then someone would drive the support truck. Uh, early on in my career, I was driving point, and uh, <laughs> no one, no one warned me about the. I mean, new kangaroos existed, but no, sure. no one warned me they were coming in hot. And uh, the Australians <laughs> love to give you just enough rope to hang yourself with. They're, uh, they're, they're kind of like, yeah, no, nah, you'll be good. Just, just you know, do what you do. Like, all right, so I'm cruising. I'm riding a Yamaha TTR 250, which uh, for those of you who don't know motorcycles too well, is a very primitive, slow, small dirt bike. Uh, I had it, you know, pinned 60 miles an hour. And I see these kangaroos in the road. I'm like, oh, man, like, like that's so cool. There's kangaroos here. And they're sleeping. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to hit them. It's all good. And they get up and jump, like, right in front of the oh. bike. Yeah. And I just and I crush it with the front wheel and kind of bump up. You know, I'm on a dirt bike, so I got a lot of travel. Kind of bump over them. I'm like, holy crap, I just killed a kangaroo. <laughs> and I stop. Talk about, and, talk about a rooster tail. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. <laughs> And I stop, and the guys come up behind me. He's like, oh, you all right, mate? I'm like, uh, yeah, just, just just hit an animal. I felt bad because, you, sure. you know, I'm not, I don't like killing animals. And they're like, yeah, that'll happen. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so so I keep going. We get, we get back on. I'm like, all right, well, let's keep going. You know, we've got 5,000 miles to go. So I'm hauling ass. I can forget about the kangaroo until <laughs> coming around a corner. And they come back. Well, different kangaroos, obviously. They come back. <laughs> <laughs> and all I remember is seeing this stupid little beast, like a micrometer off the front wheel. And I'm just like, no freaking way. And then it just everything goes black. I wake up. <laughs> There's like 10 guys standing around me. I'm flat on my back. And they're, like, and they're just snapping their fingers in my face. Someone's like, he's awake. He's awake. There's some porn, some fosters <laughs> on you. I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh. I get up, you know, can't stand, back, back on my ass, and they're like, "All right, don't try, don't try, stand, don't, don't try to do nothing." And I look at the motorcycle; <laughs> it's the whole. It looked like the whole side had just been shorn off. It's like twenty feet from where I'm at. The um, <laughs> the kangaroo is in two pieces. Oh, <laughs> oh! The smell is just <laughs> between the concussion and the smell. I'm barfing all over oh, the place. Yeah. I, I can't stand. They're all like. They're trying to get my trying to get my clothes off. My, the pain is just starting to hit me. You know, the adrenaline dies, and my whole body is just bent. Finally, uh, they're like, "All right, we we got to get you out of here, man." So they they got on the satellite phone. I should have mentioned this is like 600 miles from a gas station. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the satellite phone. Oh, like, all right, it's not like you can go to a gas station. You got a first aid kit or something like that. <laughs> they're right. like, "All right, it's ten thousand dollars for a helicopter." It's 400 bucks for an ambulance. I'm like, should get the truck. So, <laughs> <laughs> hours later, <laughs> this Land Cruiser shows up with this old guy, and he's like, oh, hey, like, heard you heard you had a bit of a prang. <laughs> like, I'm still, like, <laughs> yeah. just not feeling good. Like, all right. They, uh, yeah, he injects me with something, throws me in the back of the cruiser. We're bumping along, like, <laughs> so now I'm riding off-road with uh, what I learned later was uh, dislocated shoulder, broken collarbone, and um, <laughs> my my arm is still about an inch, left arm is still about an inch lower than the right. Uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a permanent reshaping. And they take me to this, this hospital, <laughs> like, patch me up. Uh, the rest of the crew I was riding with kind of like, like, all right, we'll, just, we'll get a hotel, we'll see where you're at in the morning. They finally, uh, they come back first thing, like, all right, your your bike's your bike's totaled. We uh we we left it in a in a barn somewhere. <laughs> um, like you want to come the rest of the way? 
comes the rest of the way on the trip and you know in the passenger seat of the support truck i'm like yeah well i don't i'm not staying in this like boondocks right. hospital <laughs> but, like i gotta get out of here it's like all right go for it so <laughs> the um you know there's no i don't have any uh medication or anything they're just like they just threw me in the support truck we had a 5,000 mile journey across the country to go we had done about 500 miles of it Wow. All off road. So for the next two weeks, I sat shotgun with a completely unusable left arm and uh, just cracks in my the whole upper skeleton uh, <laughs> as we went through the whole Simpson Desert. It was, it was just unbelievably bad. I couldn't sleep for a month. And then, uh, you know, it healed up and got Get back better. on my bike to the rest of the, the rest of the season. That's Ended just... up killing more kangaroos and not coming <laughs> off. But that was the bad one. That was well, the worst. I, well, after that, were you, like, aiming for the kangaroos now? Like, you're going to get even <laughs> oh, okay. at all kangaroos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Australians hate kangaroos. Um, they're pests. They're, because, you know, I'm not the only one to hit them, believe it or not. They, mm. uh, yeah, they're, they're remarkably dangerous. Especially, like, not in the cities. They're not like squirrels. But once you get out into the outback, they're, the ground moves with kangaroos. It's crazy. And, and so did you eat any kangaroos while you were there? Yes, we okay. did. We uh, That's satisfaction. Uh, right? uh, no, it kind of. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroos not like, uh, people will tell you it's a thing to eat. It's it's like uh, can, Canada goose, you know, like, yeah, you can oh. eat it, but it, you, <laughs> people don't really. Uh, tourists eat it. So, yeah, I sampled it. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Sounds like eating Nutria rat down in uh, down Louisiana. Louisiana. Does it, does <laughs> yeah, it taste more like rat? Yeah. Does it taste more like chicken or deer? No, it tastes more like uh, the bottom of the boot you just crossed the country on. Mm. <laughs> it's very like gamey and flavorless. If you throw enough sauce on it, it's all right. But <laughs> wouldn't recommend them. <laughs> So I guess you got my worst bike crash story at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So let's. Sorry, I kind um, of dragged on there. No, no, no. That's that's good. <laughs> hey, that's uh, um, bike that's, crashes. That's what we're here for. Talk radio. You know, right? Talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but the, the the less we have to hear of Vince is actually better for the show. Better for <laughs> right, our yeah. ratings. Sometimes he just mutes my mic for the whole show. <laughs> just, a bike crashes. Well. Yeah, man. I mean, I, we can get into it. Uh, so let's continue <laughs> on the crashing thing. Tell me a little bit about your first car. Oh, my first car. <sighs> first car. Uh, 1996 Acura Integra. Fantastic car, the uh, the non VTEC for the Honda nerds out there, the uh, the LS, sure, 140 horse approximately, um, great car, B series engine, 1.8 liter, I want to say, um, yeah, oh, oh, it's an awesome car, yeah, it was, this was so I saw Fast and Furious in 2001 <laughs> at age 13, right, <laughs> and uh, you know I'd been into cars before that, but after that it was like, oh yeah, the tuner cars was like. They were just kind of getting big, and I'm from Boston originally. It was already a thing in California, but sure. they, they were just kind of on the rise in the East Coast. And I was like, oh, I gotta see a Civic. I gotta get that APC wing. I need the biggest exhaust Some on overnight the market. Parts from Japan, oh, yeah. ideally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course I was getting overnight parts from Walmart, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I got I got an Integra. Um, my dad was super cool, also sort of a car guy. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll help you buy your first car. Like, all right, great. We, we went to this, you know, just, it wasn't a perfect condition one, but it was it was decent. He's like, sure. Honda reliability, you'll be fine in this. And, uh, you know, it was bright red manual. So as uh, a 16-year-old, I was just fired up about this thing, of course. I was like, oh, I'm going to get the body kit. I'm going to get the rims. I didn't have money for any of that. But in my mind, <laughs> yes. this was going to be an amazing <laughs> Amazing machine. Um, so yeah, I got my license. We actually bought it, but we bought it before I got my license. And uh, my dad was using it to like cruise around. I was just kind of polishing it in the driveway. And uh, yeah, finally got that. You know, got that fresh license. Um, was so proud. Went straight home, and uh, you know, could finally drive by myself. And my mom was like, "Oh, all right. Like you got your license. You passed your test. Like go have fun." 
<laughs> you know, 20 minutes later, I'm going full noise, of course, just like right, yeah. driving like a total dickwad. Uh, and yeah, I put a new guardrail immediately. First time. Yeah. First, wow. First trip out. First <laughs> trip out. Just like cornering weight. I had no clue how to drive a car fast. And it you was probably on... played in video games at least, right? You yeah. Oh yeah, yeah of okay. course. Yeah, but I like, know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. It was exactly right. it. It was like oh, I just you know I just beat Gra- uh, whatever setting on Gran Turismo. I know right. how to drive. <laughs> Gold medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, combined combined an experience with 16 year old hot headedness, it was just a remarkably dangerous combination so yeah i mean it was it was just a dumb mistake i wasn't even it wasn't even going super hard it was just it, it just it didn't real like wasn't thinking and guardrail just right right then there yeah yeah wow. just yeah it spun out totaled um, or no no i okay. just tore the front end off tore okay. the front bumper off and i was like ah crap you know brought it home my mom was like <laughs> she, i was so mad she wasn't even mad it was one of those deals whoa, whoa, yeah. she was just like i i don't even i don't even know what to say um so i actually <laughs> <laughs> I went back to the place I bought the thing, and they felt so bad. They're like, all right, we'll like, we'll throw a new front bumper on there, pretty cheap. It was just like, it was nice, dude. It was like, whatever, get a get an aftermarket one, sell around. It's like, all right, cool. So I got that, and then, you know, <laughs> a few more brushes with death later, and then finally, <laughs> finally, oh. three months down the road, and uh, I was, you know, a buddy of mine had a '99 Civic Si, mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite cars. You know, we were out cruising together. Um, you know, we were driving with some girls. We were trying to show off. Some some, some bad decisions were made, and uh, my poor little Integra ended up getting smushed between a Toyota Sequoia and his his uh, Civic. Oh. And then it was that was just it. The insurance adjuster was like, "No, no more. <laughs> this thing's totaled." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, amazingly, to my you, father's credit, like three months later, I, <laughs> I bought a second gen RX-7, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm cool with this." Oh wow! I'm surprised your mom didn't make you ride the bus or something. No. Uh, I mean, I learned my lesson for sure. I I was much more careful with that car um, <laughs> until I wasn't, and then. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it was. You learn some things the hard way. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone take the Andrew Collins school of driving, but I, I credit being alive to this day due to the fact that I was driving these old diesel Mercedes as a kid growing yeah, up. Yeah, that would have been and good so for me. It yeah. was like like <laughs> like pegged. You just barely keep up with right, traffic right. on a good day, and so you know you couldn't. <laughs> You couldn't speed. It was, yeah. it was impossible. So it's, well, now I, 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 people tell you I drive like a grandma. I, I don't know. I guess early on I just kind of you got it out of your system. Yeah, it's like you see the consequences, and you know, working online all day and blogging all these cars and coffee crashes, right. and uh, you just see how bad things can go so quickly. And you're like, all right, especially when you're in a you know hot press car like I'm in this McLaren. Uh, you know someone's got a camera on you like all the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, like you don't want to pick that moment to just be like, oh, I'm going to give it way too much gas coming out of this valet line. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's so much better for people. I'd rather be called, you know, wuss than, uh, <laughs> right, than wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then have it where, where you're now the guy who has to apologize. To, yeah, exactly. To, you know, <laughs> like, cars. So here's an IOU. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford this McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> so now so, I'm a lot more careful. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So let's, let's talk a little bit about um, about your day job. Um, yeah, sure. You write for uh, Truck Yeah on Jalopnik? Yeah, well, I write for Jalopnik, and uh, I, I run Truck Yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, it, but we've sort of, we have a lot of uh, what we call verticals. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Truck Yeah, Truck Stuff. It was our first one, our first, like, sub-site. We've got Foxtrot Alphas, Military, Lane Splitter, Motorcycles, um, the Black Flags, all racing, and... We uh, yeah, so we all kind of mix it up now. We're, we're kind of spread out a little bit. Keep uh, keeps you fresh, you know. We've got uh, David Tracy, former Jeep uh, uh, FCA engineer, 
Uh, also does a lot of very knowledgeable about trucks, and he does a lot of truck yeah stuff. And I try to get some try to get some of the adventure element of like truck ownership into that, and like kind of throw a lot of that in there. But but yeah, yeah. I noticed on <laughs> um, I was looking at your your LinkedIn profile, and it says you have a background, and this is a quote. Extreme adventure tourism. Yeah, man. And so I was wondering, is that something like sort of like opening up like a gay nightclub in ISIS occupied <laughs> Syria? <laughs> what is what is extreme adventure tourism? Can you imagine? I wasn't sure what that was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know the off road uh, off road guiding down under, and um, a few jobs after that, I was uh, a professional skier. Oh, not really. Uh, well, I was, but. Um, I was. Uh, are you familiar with Mammoth Mountain at all? You ever been up there? Yep. yep. So Mammoth Mountain. For those for those of you listening at home, Mammoth Mountain is a ski resort in California, um, and they've got a mammoth mascot. The mascot skis, and that was Wooly, right? Wooly. That's right. And I was Wooly. That was you. That was oh, me. Cool. I was a skiing mascot. I think I have my picture with you. Somewhere. Yes. <laughs> what what year? What year? Uh, uh, this is probably early two thousand. Okay. So yeah, that would have been before my. T- I would have been uh, a t- 2012, 2013 season. Uh, yeah, I was woolly, man. It was uh, it was great. <laughs> well, so you're skiing in a, in an outfit like that covers your head and your face and everything. Oh yeah, full on. It's uh, wow. it, It's about the head headpiece, as they call it, is about uh, twenty pounds. It's uh, made of like the same material like a little toy airplane might be made of, like a foam styrofoam okay. kind of thing. Um, I should have said uh, a, a disposable beer cooler is is made of yeah, that okay. kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and it's covered in uh, in wild pig wild pig fur. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know what the heck it's covered in. <laughs> some sort of uh, like, some sort of fabu lamb exterior. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, so the headpiece, <laughs> the the trunk has a fan in it to like it's like ram air Ooh. because it gets so hot in I this was thing. Say you're gonna sweat when oh, you ski. So that man, you get hot. Must have stunk. Even oh, phew, it was bad. <laughs> it was uh, getting like someone else's stink and like vomit. I mean, it's oh just, dude, yeah, it was this disgusting. Because you you're working for eight bucks an hour at a ski <laughs> resort. I mean, you're not like you're, these aren't like you know top tier professionals you're working with i mean the thing stinks of like vomit and weed and sweat <laughs> luckily i had grown immune to these scents at this point for reasons i'd rather not disclose sure. on the radio but yeah um so you would get in the thing and uh the fan would sort of bring just a little taste of mountain air oh. to cut through the stank and i've got uh, it so it was actually kangaroo skin that was kangaroo <laughs> skin. <laughs> i wish i'd like to think of it that way and uh, yeah, so the the eyes of the costume are about 10, 10 centimeters away from your face, and they're only about the size of what's it, like six feet. What's a centimeter? A beer can. <laughs> <laughs> call it call it like a <laughs> half a foot. You spent too much time in Australia. They don't need centimeters there. Can you? you put this in relationship to a football field? Please? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a, a seven eighth the length of a football. How about okay, that? that's good. All right. So the eyes really far away, and so you can't. The eyes are far away, and the uh, and of course they're like screened over. So it was like so skiing in this thing your visibility is like looking through a screen door with binoculars on oh if you can imagine uh, how much control you have and then skiing and skiing yeah and doing tricks like you have to do cool stuff skiing you can't just ski because you're willy you got to show off right so this is like you're going backwards you're doing 360s you're going off jumps did did people ever like assault you thinking they'd found like the abominable snowman yes yes (laughs) they they actually um willy has what's called the handler Okay. So there's another uh, resort <laughs> staff member, usually two actually, in bright yellow coats who are expert skiers, like r- kind of running interference okay. between the like douchey snowboarders and like crazed little kids to make sure you don't like no one like pushes you or pulls your tail or like you know 
throws beer cans at you or anything like that. But most most people are cool. But sure, sure. You know, you got <laughs> it. Only takes one bad seed to knock Willie off his skis. <laughs> wow. So would you say this is that that writing for Dropnik is a step up or down from Willie <laughs> Jones? I'm trying to. Yeah. You know, honestly, it, it was one of the best best few months of my life as I look back, which is like probably sounds. <laughs> I don't know how it sounds, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. I loved being Willie. Um, Jalopnik well, is a step up in terms of prestige and income, sure. certainly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I always look back on my Willie months fondly. My Willie season. That's that. Hey, that that's I'd recommend good. it to anyone. Yeah, if I've uh, so I have friends that still work at the Hill, of course, and uh, <laughs> I've been like, yeah, can I come back? Can I do like you that's know? Like, <laughs> can I do like a uh, <laughs> farewell tour? And like, ah, yeah, sure, and then just kind of never call me again. So I guess. I guess that's no not more, on the, no the, the, the cards. Things did. Um, but if anyone has a mascot gig, please let me know. <laughs> I'm all the about. San Diego chickens hiring? I don't know. Yeah, banana slugs, I, I hear, is around here. Yeah, that'd be great. It was uh, um, the the college I went to had a mascot. It was a bear. It was a, it was a cow, the cow bears. And um, of course, uh, I I once actually witnessed like the mascot. Like it was the mascot was in the in like a bar, like just pounding oh beers. <laughs> yeah. And then like later that night, I saw the guy like pulling his helmet off and <laughs> puking into the head of the, of Cal of Oski. Yeah. This, this that, uh, that's, that's the really, happens. it was like, wow, I can't believe that. And that, it was like the same bear head that I've been used for like generations. And like that, they were just going like, to hose that out. And like the next guy was going to get on. Yeah. Exactly. Just, same. <laughs> it's just mascots. They're ne- ne- never a good idea. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. You need, it takes a certain kind of personality to put on like an animal suit and like behave like a maniac for four hours. And you're just, it's just, you know, yeah, it's going to be, I think you have to be drunk to even put that costume on. I mean, it's you like know, I'm going to go ahead and right. play the fifth on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> everything's in the mountains. Everything's high. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. So, all right. So then let's, let's talk about um, off-road scene. Cause now yeah. you, you've kind of gotten into the off-road scene. Yeah. What, what, when did you transition from sport compact to off-road? How did that happen? <sighs> I'll t- uh, actually it was, so I went to college of Vermont, UVM, um, in 06 and I had my RX-7 back then I graduated from high school and I was like this thing's not that's not gonna be good for VT so I needed uh, needed wanted some sort of snow ready vehicle and I didn't want to do the Subaru thing because like and I was, at that point I was kind of getting not bored of the import scene was like I want to mix it up and uh, I come from a very <laughs> uh, the word we uh, the derogatory term is chachi usually like mm-hmm. Cape Cod think like pink shorts right uh, that kind of stuff <laughs> and um, so you know I was into like Land Rovers, Range Rovers. That's what yeah. everybody had, and I'm like, oh, these are cool. And then I realized they're super cheap because they're terrible. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so I found it's the most this expensive cheap car you'll ever own. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I found a Land Rover Discovery and with a manual transmission, and I was like, oh, wow. this thing is cool. It was like half the price of a Jeep Wrangler, um, and I was like, yeah, the hell yeah, I want this thing. This is great. Um, so yeah, I bought that, and that was. Then I was sort of, once I had it, I was like, oh, well, I got to dress it up like I'm going to Africa. So I got the roof rack. I put, you know, four headlights on it. Um, and yeah, we just kind of just, it was fun to just cruise around in. Um, I brought that thing up and there's not a ton of off-roading in Vermont because they're so environmentally are there, are there hills friendly. hills in Vermont? Is it one of those places without a lot of hills? No, or? they got hills. Okay. It's just, it's, uh, they don't have a lot of land you're allowed to like stomp around in in a four mm-hmm. by four. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so you know, we didn't go too crazy with it, but it was just I just sort of got into the kind of the off-road scene and the vibe of driving a truck, which I think is is distinctive. I don't know how much time y'all have spent in in trucks, but when they, when you get it, me personally, <laughs> uh, no, is that a no across yeah, the board? I have. Oh, you have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Bronco yeah. Jeep guy. Oh, right on. Okay. So Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I'm I'm a Ram guy, 1500. Oh, rocking. Okay. Jeep guy. So you guys cooperate this 
this theory with me. I, I feel like when I get a new truck, I I get into a mindset of that, that's kind of relaxed in a good way. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm up high. I'm not motivated to go fast. I'm just kind of cruising. Is that how you guys feel the same way in a, in a yeah, pickup? Yeah, you get a lot more respect in a truck, too. <laughs> I found I, I just recently bought a Subaru, and I drove it um, yesterday for second time. And there's a guy in the truck next to me, and he just turned turned the lane right right in front of me, no blinker, no <laughs> nothing, just like took my position. Right. I'm like, is this the kind of respect you get in a low car? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, no, that, that's exactly when I drive. I'm just like, I'm bigger than everyone else. They need to get out of my way. Yeah. That's just kind of, you know, that's my life philosophy really right there. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just kind of like the, uh, the sort of, I guess you could call it sort of a cavalier kind of vibe of driving a truck. I don't know if it's the same in like an SVT lightning, but I don't know. It's just, it's just my, my kind of thing with it. And, um, yeah, so that freaking Land Rover for four years. And uh, yeah, it cost me like three grand to buy and probably six grand to keep alive for that yeah, <laughs> period yeah. of time. But uh, but no, I really loved it up until like the minute I sold it. And um, and then I loved it even more when it was gone. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I guess the Rover was kind of my, uh, was kind of my, uh, yeah, well, like you said, my transition to the whole the whole off-road sort of scene. And then, so what do you have today as far as trucks go? Oh, I have, today I have, uh, I have a 2000 Toyota Tundra um, that, you know, it's funny. I, I bought that thing thinking like, oh, I'm going to, I wanted to buy a truck and a dirt bike as soon as I got to LA. It's like, ah, because I'm going to, you know. But yeah, because that's exactly what you need in LA is a truck and a dirt yeah, bike. Yeah, well, it was like, well, I want to go, go out into the desert and like go on all these adventures. And uh, I bought that truck a few months ago and I've put like maybe 300 miles on it. I just don't have time uh, to like yeah. use it. So I'm <laughs> now I'm just like, I should get rid of this. This is ridiculous. Um, so I work from home and uh, there's always like trips going on and I'll, like very often have like cool loaner cars to drive. So I'm like, I'm not going to drive my stupid old Toyota. <laughs> I'm going to drive People this. always ask like, what are the, what's the best handling car? And you just say someone else's car. <laughs> it's like for any situation, whether it's like racing on a track or taking off-roading, it's like the best car is like a rental or a loaner. Like that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like... It, it, a company car, that's good too. Yeah. Well, if you've got, you know, a new, brand new vehicle that you're supposed to be evaluating, like I'm going to drive that. I'm not going to drive my car. Sure. So... Yeah, I'm, now I'm like, I don't know why I even bought this thing, because I don't get what, to use it. <laughs> what do you have parked out front today? I have a Hyundai Genesis now, which oh. I just picked up yesterday. Beautiful car. God, that is nice. I know I'm late to the party of like, hey, Hyundai's nice now, because that's <laughs> we've been saying that for a while. It's true. Um, really? <laughs> what? What are we? Yeah, I'm just that, laughing. Is that really a party? Yes. Yeah, is <laughs> isn't it? So wait, is this the Genesis? Is that the like? Um, that's the like big, the high end. I yeah, think. yeah. The that's like one or, uh, or is that no, the Equus? I haven't. No, it's I. I haven't even looked yet. I don't. Uh, I, should, I should probably read. <laughs> Wait, this. Are you evaluating this car? <laughs> I should probably read this. No, no. First, I, I just like I don't read any of the specs. I don't. I just get in it and I'm, I just kind of feel it. Okay. And uh, you know, I, I'll look at the paper in due time before I write my review. And um, but no, it's it's just the only thing I don't like is the steering wheel doesn't feel very good. This is my one of my biggest hangups on any car is how the steering wheel feels. I don't know if you guys you guys care about your steering wheels at all. You now, now you're talking about like <laughs> feedback. You're talking about like like the squishiness and, and like the texture of the finish. Uh, okay. Girthiness. Okay. Um, you know, diameter. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's the one thing you're always touching other than the seat, right? So right, right. to me, when I get in a car and the steering wheel feels like the plastic thing off a, like a playground pirate ship, I'm like, I can't, I can't be driving. This is terrible. Um, but and that one is sort of suboptimal. But the rest of the car, really nice, man. That seat is like is perfect. It's right between. Uh, it's it's the perfect level of it's Goldilocks. You know, it's not too soft, not too hard. 
um, and the this the headrest is like a pillow, which is uh, remarkably under underutilized sort of trait. You get in like Mercedes BMW, and the headrest is firm. It's like you know, it's a right. leather pad you put yourself on. But this is like your head sinks into the thing. I love it. It's fantastic. Great car for sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be. Yeah. It actually. <laughs> Uh, so I wouldn't call it an enthusiast's choice, but as far as like cruising around town and um, taking four people wherever, it's super nice. I'm very, very impressed with it. And and this was a, and so this is a loner. So then this yes. is not okay. So then what's your what's your daily driver? What's your what's your car? That my you... my car is uh, I have a 2005 Acura TL uh, six cool. speed, which is a fantastic car. Those are, those are nice cars. Yeah. yeah, it's um, I I it's got what's called an A spec kit, which is just like a little lip body kit, a factory okay. body kit. It's like um. Gives it a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of swagger without being like looking like a stupid tuner, half done tuner car. Right now, now that was before they did the um, uh, <clears throat> crazy like uh, Batmobile styling, right? Two thousand four. Yes, yeah. Oh okay. five um, is uh, yeah. They didn't go to the Beak yet. The Beak was oh nine. Um, so the, it's a really clean design, in my humble opinion. Um, the shifter is just a pleasure to use. Um, no, no one makes better shifters than Honda. God, it's I mean, great. The S two thousand. It's like you can get in a two hundred fifty thousand mile S two thousand, and it feels better than a brand new Corvette. My uh, I, my my uh, TL. Oh, let's not get crazy. No, really, the, shif- <laughs> the shifter. I'm telling you right now, the shifters. Uh, Honda does something magical in the shifters. It's great. And, I don't know. My uh, my TL just crossed uh, two hundred one k, and um, yeah, it's it's going strong. I hardly get to drive it. My my girlfriend takes it to school every day because, like I said, I work from home, so I never get to see the stupid thing. But um, yeah, no, it's I absolutely love that car. It's it's like I honestly I benchmark new stuff against that still. So I'm just like, oh, the nice cars, and and it's yeah. not the S though. It's a, the no, no, that thing. was right. a, was sort of considered an unofficial Type S before um, the Type S came out in 07, and this. So this one, when you ordered the manual shift in 05, you got Brembo brakes, you got the um, I remember, yeah, yeah, you got the strut bars. Uh, is it a performance car? I mean, no, but I also get you know if after you drive like a McLaren or a new Porsche, it's not. You know, old Acura is not going to feel like much. So I guess my, because <laughs> I did I did a post on this once actually. I was like, yeah, you know, it's a pretty standard like Accord with nice with a nice gearbox. And then people are like, are you kidding? That's a great like performance sedan. I'm like, eh, no. I I haven't had it over like four thousand RPM and maybe like more than twice since right, I've owned it. It's probably why you haven't crashed into anything <laughs> recently. All right. Yeah. Andrew, we're going to take a break. Yes. Uh, when we get back, we're going to do, I think we'll do 10-second car review. We're gonna I'm into <laughs> throw it. Throw that at Let's you. Let's do it. Maybe some technology corner. Oh, God. All right. We'll be back, guys. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Break out your credit cards. It's time for another Blue Glove Tool Review. Uh, this week, we've got something that will help you when you need to lift up a car. And uh, 
a lot of you guys are going to pull out your your jack stands and your jack, and you're going to race the jack, waste the car up one one leg at a time, and you're going to put on jack stands, and then you might wind up having the car fall off and crush you, and that's never a good thing. So uh, I'm going to recommend that everyone who works on cars regularly has a set of um, something called Rhino Ramps. They're made by a company called Rhino Gear. Um, there's some other companies that make them too, but you can get Rhino Ramps for about $33 right now on Amazon.com. Um, they are made from plastic. They're a polymer, but they're a ramp that's designed to lift your car about six and a half inches off the ground, and you just drive your car up on these ramps. There's no reason to get a bunch of a uh, heavy floor jack out from your garage, and uh, once it's up on the ramps, the car's not going anywhere. You set the parking brake, and you go, and you change your oil. You do your work. You do what's needed to get done. Um, but, you know, these ramps are a very handy thing to have in your garage. I have a set uh, all the time, and I use them all the time. Um, and one of the reasons I like Amazon.com is that um, there's user-submitted reviews. And one of the reviews that kind of kind of comes to the top of this one is um, a, a person who was buying these ramps or thinking about them asked, um, will I be able to put my Maybach on these if there's too much change in the ashtray? And of course, someone, a bunch of people answered them. And one of the person says, I use them to change the oil in my Tesla Model S all the time. And there's plenty of change in the ashtray, so I don't think it's going to cause any problems. So... Uh, get your Rhino Ramps uh, and just go ahead and buy it. And don't worry, we won't tell your wife about it. Hey guys, we're still live here on the air with Andrew P. Kangaroo Killer Collins. What, what? Um, <laughs> and uh, we were talking uh, cars and, and fun stuff. Um, I think we're going to do our 10-second car review in a minute, but I think right now we're going to transition into a little, uh, a little game, a little segment that's called, uh, tech, not a game, it's a segment called Technology Corner. Okay. <laughs> and now it's time for Technology Corner. So what's on the uh, the agenda there, Mr. Nathan? So I'm going to geek out a little bit today since we're talking four-wheel drives um, and talk a little bit about locking differentials. Nice. Ooh. So I don't know if you guys have ever... Well, you're obviously into... Um, into off-roading, Andrew. I've locked a differential or two. <laughs> <laughs> so if um, usually someone someone buys a Jeep or Bronco, something like this, they put big tires on it, put a suspension kit on it, and you get the thing off-road. If you if you get into any serious off-road terrain, first thing you notice, you get like one one wheel off the ground, two wheels off the ground, and the thing is just stuck. Mm. Right, it's not going anywhere. Um, and so really, to make a true a true four-wheel drive where your your all four wheels are driving all the time you need some method to lock the differentials um, there's different ways to go about it there's um, there's different varieties there's there's actuatable differentials like uh, an e-locker or an air locker um, where you actually flip a switch in the cab and you get 100 percent locking both wheels and it's pretty much unstoppable with with this kind of setup um, there's also like a Detroit locker option where it's automatic, but, um, it's, and it, it'll lock as long as you're going in a straight line, but if you turn it, it, it unlocks 
And so it makes a lot of noise. It's not really... I think it, I've heard those in parking lots. They kind of click and clack. Yeah, they lot, click right? and clack. They make a lot of noise. So my, my preference is, is something you can actuate. But um, you, you have to be careful because if you do try and turn it, you have no differentiation. So your inside wheels are, are turning the same speed as your outside wheels, and it's really hard to turn. So they're great for when you're in a stuck position, need to get up a, a steep rock. You lock them, get over the obstacle, unlock them, and then it drives like a normal car, turns normal. Um, the, there's I mean, kind of a, now you said you can do that from inside your cab. Cause I remember back in the day, you'd have to get out of the car and you go to the hub and then you're locking something there. So you're, you're thinking that's just to put it in a four wheel drive. Um, maybe right. I'm... So you're, when you lock the hubs, you're locking the front axle shaft to the front hubs to drive the front wheels. Oh, that's what we're doing. Right. So okay. the differentials in the axle and this locks your left axle to your right axle. So if you get one wheel off the ground with an open differential, the open, the, the wheel that's off the ground is just going to sit there and spin twice as fast as it normally would, but you're not getting any traction. You're getting zero power to the wheel that has traction. So the point of the locking diff is you lock them together. They're both turning at the same speed all the time, and it'll go over anything, but um, again, it can't turn. So it, it, the turning's really tough. So you, you got to have something you can switch on and off. I remember we, we didn't we switch didn't we switch that on in um in, in D was mom's old uh, Audi that became your Audi and tried to drive around the parking lot. Yeah, that one did have I think that one had a center locking differential. Yeah, but if you lock the, the center differential of some cars, like you then you can't turn all of a sudden too. Right, right. At least then, in parking lot speeds. And then there's um there's also some cheaper options, like besides the the air locker, the the Eaton makes the electric locker. Um, you can also go with like a retrofit where you just put some gears into your, your standard carrier and it's much cheaper, but it's much weaker too. So for, for serious off-road like Rubicon, Moab, you want to go probably with one of the heavier, heavy duty options. And there's also, there's a limited slip, which is a clutch pack and it's not a true locker. A lot of the trucks advertise locking differentials, but it's actually a limited slip which is a clutch pack and it wears out. It's not truly locking. So is that anything, I've heard the term limited scrimp, is that? A limited scrimp, that would be our, our terminology <laughs> for that. <laughs> hour, I like the hour. I think this is your terminology, <laughs> which is good, it's good. All right, uh, Andrew, anything to add on the differential? This is Technology Corner, it's just kind of like, you know, geek right fest. Okay. We're, just, we're just talking. We're, we're just kind of geeking out on, on differentials. Yeah. about differentials. Yeah, it's, uh, I would even argue that you can do decently off-road if you've got two-wheel drive, but you've got a rear locking diff. It's that it's that helpful. Um, basically, what uh, as you touched on, because it's because the power is going to go to the wheel of least resistance, which uh, those of you listening at home may or may not know. So that's why um, what, you, what you were just, Nathan was describing earlier was when if there's a wheel in the air, there's no resistance on it. So that's where the, all the power is going right. to kind of. You know, it's like leaving your window open and the AC on. It's, you're just wasting energy. Yep. Um, yeah. So that locking diff kind of kind of gets you going but um yeah extremely extremely useful there's a drift application as well i'm not a, i guess i'm not as familiar with uh <laughs> with that but yeah um they're super helpful for off-road uh i want to say in terms of aftermarket uh well, you're talking about arb airlock or an airlock yeah, in general ARB, and, and one of the bigger companies doing right them. um so that'll run off like a compressor basically it'll i'm not sure if if either you guys want to, we want to explain like the difference between an air locker and an e locker. Is it purely where the power comes from? Yeah, it's yeah, uh, okay. they, they both have the same function. An e locker just puts you've got a switch, puts twelve volts to the diff, locks it, 
you flip the switch off, takes 12 volts off, and it, it unlocks. With the air locker, you, ha- you do have to have an onboard air compressor, right. which to some people might be a hassle, but to me, um, it's another opportunity because oh, you can yeah. also use air. If you're a serious off-roader, you usually <laughs> air your tires down when you go off-road, you know, down like 10 PSI or something, but then you get back to the highway, and you're going to be getting about two miles in a gallon at yeah. this air pressure, so you want to air them back up. So I actually took a, an air conditioning air compressor and converted it to just work as a, an actual an, a regular air compressor, and I, wow. I made a rear bumper that's my air tank, and so I always have onboard air pressure. Your bumper is, so the hollow part of the bumper the is The hollow part of the bumper, tank? yeah. So it's, oh, a, it's, it's a fabricated bumper. It's wow. like a that is really four by cool. two inch, you know, square or aluminum, uh, sorry, it's okay. steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steel rectangular tubing welded up, and oh, it's, yeah, it's my air cool. tank. Whoa, and this is on a Bronco, you were saying? Uh, this is on a Jeep. Okay. That is awesome. Jeep CJ5. That is a really cool idea. I've never heard of that, but that's... That makes perfect sense. What a great, great way to use. Yeah, and you, uh, that way you've got space. you've got the air, and you can air your tires up, and it's you just use the same air for your air lockers. So yeah, the, or air the, tools. The or, guy, uh, the guy who's talking, Nathan, he, he's actually a genius when it comes to fabricating certain things. I can things. tell. Yeah, that's he actually amazing. for for this is a true story for twenty four hour lemons race, the first twenty four hour lemons race in two thousand six, he was on a team and he with me, and he um he fabricated a roll cage out of black iron pipe using a hydraulic press. So no, not it was a hydraulic. Sorry, it was, it was, a, it was bender, a hydraulic pipe bender right. from so, Harbor Freight. So now, so if you bend pipe <laughs> with a pipe bender, normally the pipe gets kind of crinkled. Yeah. And he figured out if, from his from his Jeep days that if you fill the pipe full of sand and cap the ends off and then use the hydraulic bender, it would look like it was tubing that bent with a tube bender. <laughs> right. You can keep it from crushing that, that way. That is awesome. Kind of keep the circular cross section wow. without a real mandrel bender. So, so this is like clever. genius, the yeah, kind of stuff yeah. that comes out of this guy's mind. A little disturbing <laughs> at times, but it's genius. That's great. I wonder why um, the air holding bumper isn't like an aftermarket thing, because I've never seen that. That's a great idea. I've yeah, seen water because when ones. you get rear-ended, your car just goes <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. It's like an yeah, airbag. Maybe, maybe there's a good reason for that. I, I just haven't discovered now, it. Now, if you're in an impact, the uh, that air would dissipate immediately. It wouldn't represent any sort of danger, I don't think. Yeah, Ella, I mean, well, what PSI do you have in there? It, it just like normal shop air, yeah, like 100, 120 PSI. That's not going to do any damage. You could fill up a liquid nitrogen. That yeah. like you have the most badass party. You're like, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to air down my liquid nitrogen now. We're going to have a rave right here in this weird off-road place. Yeah, if you want to increase your capacity you can also pressurize your roll cage but that, that one's See, a little bit more structural yes. and a, a little bit closer to your head so i haven't done that one yet sure this is fascinating that that is really really cool now i bet i, I wish uh, i'm curious to hear what people think about that yeah you know what let's listening. open up the phone lines um if there is a phone i'm gonna line. oh yeah you got there's the phone lines we have phone lines so if anyone wants to call into the dt radio show and yell at us for putting air in our bumpers uh the number is <laughs> area code four two four two six zero two eight two two once again that is area code four two four two six zero two eight two two and you can call us on a regular phone or, or skype or whatever you want and uh maybe we'll answer it and you can yell at us for <laughs> saying stupid we'll things check the color id first yeah <laughs> it's because I, ju- I actually just saw a video of um some guy had with a jk wrangler had filled it with water and had a similar setup going he had uh well not a similar setup but he had a wa- as water storage. He had like a little faucet, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool that you can use the bumper to store." It's funny that you should bring this up because I literally just saw this. Like, so now I'm all about what can you fill your bumper with? <laughs> How about jelly beans? Yeah, <laughs> for those Mexican trips, you could fill it full of drugs to bring back across the border. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that's maybe that's yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 DT Radio, you're on the air. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I was wondering, uh, I've got a 1974 Volvo. Cool. Uh, do you guys know anything about those? <laughs> I know is they're that, awesome. Um, list, listener, are you, uh, is this listener Dan from Costa Mesa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is uh, listener Chris uh, from Torrance. Yeah, Chris, you know, the, the Volvos are like, that's our favorite mark. Make. What what do you guys like about them so much? I don't understand it. Um, it's just like uh, actually, you know, you know what? It's funny you should mention that because I actually have a, a, a the comment of the week. There's a guy who referred to um, Volvo two uh, forties as um, saying they last like herpes, and there's an incredible number of them lumbering around. So it's funny you should mention that. But we are going to get into the Volvos. How many Volvos do you own? Well, I myself, I only have thirteen of them. But wow, I, I mean, I've heard of some guys that have plenty. You know, like much more than that. So <laughs> I'm just wondering if I should, you know, increase the size of my collection. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say the answer is, of course, that is yes, right? I mean, the answer to that okay. is, is truly like you should you should buy some Volvos, and you should go to dailyturismo.com. <laughs> <laughs> where you can find we actually posted a number of Volvos in the last couple of days for some some odd reason I don't know why. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I mean I go there every day, usually a couple times a day. So I, you know. I've seen most of them, but yeah, of I'll course. keep going. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and the nice thing about Volvos is they're perfectly square, so they stack really nicely. <laughs> I've seen oh, I've right, seen up right. to six in one stack before. <laughs> a six, Volvo six pack. Is, is isn't six your favorite number? Or is that I'm thinking of someone else? No, that that's someone else. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Someone else. Oh, he's over in the other room. Right. <laughs> Ten four. Yeah. All right. Hey. Um. Thank you, uh, Chris. Thank you, Chris yeah, from Torrance. Chris Torrance from, from Torrance from, from calling in. We appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Fantastic. All right. So, so um, where were we? Uh, <laughs> we were talking. That was the best. That was the best. Hey. Okay. So we're done with differentials. We've uh, okay. we've integrated them. Yeah. We figured out how that to integrate them to your. Your bumper, this right? Is, this is yes. fantastic. Actually, I was making a, a integrating differential equations joke. It was like a mm. really nerdy math mm. joke. Yeah, and yeah. It was terrible. Just I even missed that one. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a, just, I'm an not, engineer. I'm not good with the math. <laughs> it was terrible. It was a terrible joke. Um, it was a Cal joke. <laughs> it was yeah, seriously, it was really bad. So I think we're next. We're gonna do uh, a little a little game because mm. we like little games, and it's the time for them. Um, this game is called Best Car Four. Mm, okay. And here we're gonna take turns deciding the best car for. Particular activity. Is the we got phone another phone again? call. Yeah, we're gonna answer it. Yeah, we'll answer All it. Right. Huh. All right, game postponed. <laughs> Daily Turismo, you're on the air. What's your name? Hey, my name's Rose. Hi, Rose. <laughs> What's happening, Rose? Where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Culver City. Nice right. hometown. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question, Rose? Um, so I'm just wondering. I'm not really someone who knows a ton about cars. But I hang out with car people a lot. Oh, I'm and sorry. I'm just kind of wondering, like, what are a couple things that I can say that can keep me in the conversation and maybe pretend that I know stuff about cars? 
Um, yes, good. Oh. But not still really know much. Yeah. Mm. Mention filling bumpers with any sort of air compressed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. So some jelly beans or something like yeah, that. That's always good. Uh, ask them if they've got a limited scrimp in their car. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you got? What do you guys think? What's the. Uh, wh- how, well, how, I, I think the thing to, to, to always do is always fall back on the manual transmissions are better than automatics. Mm-hmm. Right. Just kind of <laughs> you just throw that out there. You're like, yeah, of course I drive manual. Right. Why wouldn't I? No, right? Even no, if you no, have. I've, I've got that. I've got that one already. I already drive a manual. I know how to say that. So that's good. Maybe like level level two advanced in cars. Okay. Um, What what kind of cars do your friends have? That'll give us something something to go off of. uh, Well, all my friends that talk about cars are actually car journalists, so they all get. (laughs) Oh, that's the worst kind of journalist. They're they're brutal. I know. So it's really hard to bullshit. Rose, Rose, my suggestion is you find some new friends. Really. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't tell her that. You can uh, use. There's this app called Tinder. You should get on your phone. <laughs> what, what really the, the the thing to do is to is to sort of out meta them, right? And so if if they're into like you know late model cars, you know, and fast modern cars, you talk about old cars, mm. like and the fifty like, seven Chevy, fifty seven Chevy, or I even take it back another step. I start talking about like Model Ts and stuff, like you know, like, like really <laughs> Super old, old school. Yeah, like and and so you know, you, so you're able to like like they talk about, oh yeah, you know, I used to own a Volkswagen Beetle from the sixties, and you're like, no, 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 like you should own a Model T because you're a <laughs> man. That's what you drive the thing <laughs> because you have to like manually adjust the ignition timing, like on the like the steering column as you're driving, right? Yeah, so, be like, yeah, oh, you can't do that. You're not a real man. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. You're not manually <laughs> cranking your compression to start your car. I mean, right. what even? What are you? Why bother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that and get some new friends, yeah. Rose. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, we guys. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for calling. <laughs> all right, um, excellent. Uh. So. Where were we? Best car four. Yeah, best car four. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take turns deciding the best car for a particular activity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give the activity, and, okay. then, and then we'll start with Andrew, and maybe we'll go to Nathan, and maybe Ben will bring this in. Okay. But, um, so I'll start this, this easy one. Um, best car four, sitting in the chair behind at a car show. You, you mean in the... We're in the back seat? No, 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 no. So, like, you know, like people go to car shows, they sit in the folding chair by their car, right? You know, it's oh, car, like it. Right? Oh, I get it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. What's the best card for taking to a car show? Ooh, you, so like you wanting people to talk to you? Um, I, it, whatever. It's just for taking to a car show. I'm Maybe don't say, want to talk people talk to you. I'm, I'm gonna say El Camino would be excellent because mm. you've got that whole bed. That's you good. can not only you can you, you can put your lawn chair in there. You can fill it full of brewskis. You can hang out. You can make your whole little tailgate sort of situation and. Uh, uh, all the car shows I've been to pretty much are like, you know, old Hawaiian shirt dudes and like old <laughs> yeah. American cars. Th- those seem to be like the prime. El Camino, yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like a Camino could be could be sort of a choice application. Everyone's got an El Camino story, right? So there's always well, like. That's a winner for sure. Right. So, yeah. So you make some good friends with that one. I like any kind of customized El Camino. Mm. Like you can start a. Yeah. Or is someone calling us again, Ben? Are we taking this call? Are we not yeah. taking this call? No, we're not taking this call. We're not taking this call. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry, guys. We'll right. call, call back in a minute, guys. Nathan, what's your uh, car show car? I'm, I'm going to go with the standby here and say 57 Chevy for mm. this one. It's, um, it's a winner. It's just a classic, and everyone's going to stop and look at it. It's pretty much like the Adam and Eve of cars, too, right? Pretty much, yeah. Interesting way. To, what, what What do you mean by, by that? Like the first car well yeah, it's 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 actually the starting point from every car yeah. like, like <laughs> a, any car that's built since it's, then like for, yeah. for instance the the el camino <laughs> right. right like it's um the el camino was based on a 57 chevy chassis 
That's pretty much these are these are straight from the mouth of Nathan. <laughs> so fifty seven Chevy. Producer okay. Ben. No, I think that's that's solid. Yeah. That's that's solid. I like this. One. Producer Ben, what's your uh car for taking to a car show? You know what, Vince, last week when we yeah. were at the um the Shelby car show after having Aaron on last week, they had that Shelby F one fifty that was just I mean, I know I'm a Ram guy, but um that was crazy. That F one fifty. That's the yeah, I mean okay. it w- yeah. So, so you're agreeing with me that the that the pickup bed is a is a car show essential. Exactly, but having <laughs> yeah, but having the F one fifty with the big Shelby across mm, the grill, very it was, sexy. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay, so I got you guys all beat. Obviously, you know, I I've had time to think about this, but um, I'm going to go with the DeLorean. Ah, yes. And the reason why is that a DeLorean is terrible for every other conceivable <laughs> car related activity, <laughs> like driving, right? Um, owning. Right, letting it sit in your garage, all those things the DeLorean is terrible for, right? It's slow, it's unreliable, it's got a Peugeot, PRV6 engine in it. It's terrible, <laughs> but it attracts attention like nobody's business. And if you want a car show and like be, everyone be like, oh, that car's cool, like yeah. kids to come up and like, everybody knows a DeLorean. DeLorean. Everybody knows what that DeLorean. is. Yeah. All right, now that's, okay. uh, that's a solid, solid one. Next one, best car four um, driving in a time speed distance rally across outer Mongolia. Hmm. I bring this up because the uh, uh, Wheeler dealers, uh, Mike and uh, Ed China, are they're actually going on a TSD rally across really? across Mongolia in like a 1916, uh, was it a Cadillac? 1916? Yeah, a hundred-year-old <laughs> Cadillac. Yeah. Did they bought uh, on show. roads or through on the roads. desert? Yeah. Well, on roads, uh, on and Well, on. roads, quote-unquote, yeah, air roads. quotes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, through like Asia, they're gonna be like a P, uh, it's like a Peking to Paris rally. Wow, and I guess it depends on what what sort of result you're looking for. Do you want a great story or do you want to make it without? Any <laughs> yeah, issues? Exactly. I guess that depends do on you, your personality do you type. Survive? Right? That's really the question. Yeah. <laughs> y- yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes, I want both those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would go for like some big, stupid rear wheel drive V8, like lifted. Uh, I don't know Ford Torino or. Uh, Chevy Chevelle, something like that. Some like uh, something like uh, Dom Toretto's lifted Charger in one of the whatever last <laughs> passengers. <laughs> I think that would be like it would look yes, awesome in photos. Yes. It would be a riot. Uh, it's windshield removed, obviously, no glass. Um, you know, you'd, you'd have an awesome story. I mean, if you want to, if you want to do it easily, you'd take a 200 series Land Cruiser, obviously. But sure, sure. You know, that's who wants to read that story? No, the Charger like that. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, what about you? TFD rally. I would go for like. Um, one of those uh, off-road, like, Baja, Paris-Dakar type trucks, but, like, the heavy-duty ones. Like, oh, right uh, on. <laughs> like the Hino. Hino one, they've got, like, 42-inch yeah. tires on them. They're really boxy. You can carry about uh, 50 spare tires in them. You can't enough carry water to last you about three months. The only downside of that is you're, <laughs> then you're in the cab-over situation and just getting your kidneys, like, brutalized for 3,000 miles. So I assume we were talking about, like, a... The, the off-roady one, right? When you said yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's if you're driving across Outer Mongolia, there's like you know roads are you know, right. they're, they're questionable. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Producer Ben, you got one before we take a break. You got a, a car for a, a drive across Outer Mongolia? Um, really, no. Model <laughs> T, maybe, maybe I'm you know. <laughs> oh man, that was my that was my choice. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I was gonna go like old because you know if you're gonna do something like that, you might as well have fun with something that's like open top and and crazy and. Um, heck, I you know I I, I do it like uh, like the guys from Wheeler Dealers in, a, in a, an old Cadillac. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. By the way, to, to guys calling in right now to the show, um, we are going to take a break. But when we get back from our break, we're going to answer some of your phone calls and get you on the air and and, and get your stories to okay and tell us all kinds of fun stuff. Cool. Um, but uh, we're still here. We're still here with Andrew P. Collins and um, beep beep. Uh, 
the P is because there's other guys with, with the same name, right? <laughs> yeah, well. there's a there's a TV blogger in England somewhere called Andrew Collins. I was like, shoot, I gotta I gotta differentiate. Hey, DT listeners, this is a word for our sponsor, European Motorworks. They're here in Hawthorne, California. They specialize in Volkswagen Type One and Type Four engines. European Motorworks is a full shirt service machine shop that smells of rich mahogany. They can perform all kinds of head work, porting, polishing, decking, CCing, valve jobs, line boring, crankshaft grinding. They can even do inserts, pressing operations, connecting rod machining, and balancing. So if you feel a little out of balance, come down to European Motorworks and go see the owner, George Rodriguez. He'll make you a nice cup of cafe and uh, tell him DT Radio sent you. His phone number is 310-644-8048 or visit europeanmotorworks.com. Stay smooth, DT Radio listeners. Hey, DT listeners, uh, if you're interested in getting getting on the air and talking to us about, uh, you know, asking our opinions about random junk, um, call us at area code 424-260-2822. Our lines are now open. That number again is 424-260-2822. Um, and uh, you'll be live on talkradio1.com. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, so we were doing a little game called Best Car Four. Yes, and we got through two of them, but yeah. actually, there's one more I wanted to do. Good, I got a whole list of these. I things, like this game. This is fun. This is one more I want to do. Um, so so this is a good one. So mm. Best Car Four. And uh, if a, if a caller calls in, can they play Best Car Four? Vince? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we can get them in okay. there. Yeah. We can get them in there. We'll just pause the game if they call in here. Yeah. Um. So the next one is what's the best car for making friends in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> uh. Mercedes G sixty three six by six. Yeah, there's really that's it. That's it. Like we got ring the bell. We, yeah, we, we, we got to call Vince. <laughs> oh, all right, good. Hi, right, DT Radio. What's the best car for making friends in Saudi Arabia? Volvo two forty. Ah. <laughs> what else? I recognize C-Flow? this guy. <laughs> no, you don't recognize me. I'm I'm somebody new. This is a genuine call from. A listener who's just been listening the whole time. From Chris and Torrance, perhaps. Do you, do you like the show? Are you Dan? Are you Dan in Costa Mesa? Do you like the I, show? Yeah, and I haven't. I haven't been drinking at all, so this should be an interesting call. <laughs> It'll be like all of our shows. Come on. Yeah. So been... yeah, I mean, the answer is you always need more Volvos. So I don't know what that other guy was talking about earlier. A lot of Volvo fandom but... on this side. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there are some. Uh, there's we have we have a, a tight relationship with you know Volvos and and <clears throat> sort of you know old crummy cars in general is just something that you know we all kind of rally around. Volvos are the best ones though. That's, that's the right. Problem. That's right. What about new Volvos? That's what you guys you got... fail to realize on this 
terrible radio show (laughs) (laughs) that I will never listen to again. (laughs) Is there a lot of love for new Volvos around here too, or is it just the uh, just the old stuff? Um, Like what do you you define as new? Like 2016, like like the Pulsar Um, ones are cool. Yeah, I want the new V90 wagon. Okay, buy one of those. Right on, dude. There's a shock. You'd buy a Volvo wagon. Yeah. <laughs> it shocks everybody. <laughs> That's our best. Ad- this is the best advice from the Daily Tourism Radio Show: is buy a Volvo wagon, <laughs> <laughs> and then fill the bumper with compressed air. Yeah, mandatory. All right, so so so, uh, so Mr. Uh, mystery guest on the air. We're doing best car four, and right now we're doing okay. uh, we're doing um, uh, best car four making friends in Saudi Arabia. And and Andrew here just just came up with the the six by six Mercedes. Just he just that's a good one. Hit it out of the park. But Toyota Toyota Land Cruiser is the mm. correct answer, though. That's true. Mm. If if you actually want, because what's going to happen is the six by six Mercedes is going to be broken down on the side of the road, and then uh, the Land Cruiser comes by, and now the now the friends but, are but all. But you're in Saudi Arabia. Like, you're hey, not going to. You guys need a tow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're not, not going to impress oil barons and sheiks and no, stuff actually, like that, right? No, actually, what he says is Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, you know, I'm translating. So. Nice. Like, great team flow. Way to get us blown up. Go, Thank you. I would go with the, with the gold-plated Rolls-Royce for this. Oh, uh, yes. I, I heard there's a guy in Saudi Arabia who delivers uh, hay to his camels in a Rolls-Royce. Wow. wow. Seriously. Sounds like a good use of resources. Yeah. Rolls-Royce was kind of mad when they heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Using their rolls as a pickup, but um, the guy had so much money, he just wanted to You make a Rolls Camino? Because I'd rock a Rolls Camino in a heartbeat. Like if they made one, if Rolls made one, I'd be like, yeah, just sign me up. I don't know. What does it cost? I'll sell my house. No problem. Luxury pickups are in now, man. Yeah. If, if you've got a Sawzall, you can make an El Camino anything, it turns out. (laughs) Should you? All the 240 wagons are especially good at that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That would be pretty solid. Ben, Ben, what's your your best Um, car? Oh. Sifo, you, I'm, Lisa? I'm going to go so a real caller can call in. <laughs> hey, all right. Thanks for calling we'll, in. We'll see, we'll see you in okay. a couple weeks, man. Have yep. a good time, brother. We're, we're dear mother. Yeah, we're, we're dear thanks. mother. All right. Okay. All right. So, pretty sure, Ben, what's your uh, Making Friends in Saudi Arabia car? Dude, if you're in Saudi Arabia, it's got to be a Mercedes. I mean, seriously, have you ever been to Saudi Arabia? Actually, I haven't. No. Has anyone? No. Never. Any of us? Really? No. no one's been to Saudi Arabia? You've been to Saudi Arabia, though, I'm guessing. Did yeah. you kill anybody there? Uh, that's classified. That's classified. Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Six military guys terrify me sometimes. <laughs> Remember, they can't hear you scream in here, Vince. Um, <laughs> that's true. Silent. This is a padded room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's no, like, it's, it's all Mercedes. It's Mercedes everything everywhere over there. Is it? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going to go with like a Ferrari 450 at Italia. Hmm. Right? Because that's what like... No, it's see, the, now, now you're talking more Dubai type of thing i mean dubai isn't dubai in saudi arabia am i missing like geography isn't like basically the same come on it's like not quite different countries but um i I feel like saudi's got more off-road stuff but i could be wrong i've never like i said never been there Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah the off-road stuff there it's all land cruiser and things yeah that's that's the thing about it about everywhere is uh i've heard this like on african safari as well and there's you know land rover of course is what you picture but land cruisers like cruisers what what pulls the land rovers out of the (laughs) holes exactly exactly Exactly. All right, so guys, uh, if anyone else wants to call in, uh, 424-260-2822. Call in and ask us about Land Rovers. Uh, <laughs> all right, so last one on Best Car 4, because mm. we're on a roll here. Yeah. And Ben's looking at me kind of funny. Um, <laughs> this one's good. Avoiding conversations with strangers. Um, <laughs> Toyota Camry. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good one. Right? I mean, yeah. who like? It's, right. it's just a nano car. It's uh, right. You just kind of 
moves you around and, and it's invisible. It's kind of why I like my Acura too, actually, because it's pretty similar. Like nobody looks at it. Don't talk to you. Ten year old Acura. It's just right. like whatever. And um, yeah, so I would say, but I would say Camry's got to be your number one most anonymous, v- unless you start putting like rims and silliness on it. But right. stock, stock. Right. Which either? Yeah, I would say maybe a toy or a. Um, I'd go with a Pontiac Aztec <laughs> oh. because although it spurs a lot of conversation, nobody actually wants to talk to you if you drive one. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Although hipsters are actually kind of they're making a they're making that uh, a comeback after the it was on that um, Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah, it's the Walter so White now, car. Yeah, like it, someone was trying to convince me that Aztec is going to become cool. It's just, it wasn't happening. I, I mean, it, it if you look at the back, it, it actually looks like a, a lifted Prius kind of. It it might come back as like a hybrid the, maybe. The, the Aztec, like what what Pontiac was trying to do, was really cool with the Aztec. They were like yeah, pop tent in the back, right? Yeah, they awesome. were they were on point with the lifestyle vehicle. Basically, they like had it before that was a thing. It just wasn't. It, well, first, it was cripplingly ugly, and it was just like it. It was before it's ahead of its time in some ways. I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so now it's just the butt of jokes. I mean, it would be cool to like lift one, and put some muddy tires on it, and like a bunch of headlights, and do an adventure drive in an Aztec. Actually, would, would ding, it, ding, ding, ding. Maybe idea. if you El camino it and cut that are nasty they, ass maybe. Do they come in all-wheel drive or are they front-wheel drive? I thought, so. I thought they are all-wheel drive. No? Are they not? I don't know. My, I don't know my if anybody might. knows, please uh, yeah. tweet yeah, at me or, or, or call <laughs> us. Yeah, because I don't know. I'm what guessing four-speed automatic, th- four or three-speed automatic. Like, two. I don't know anything about the Aztec. Yeah, I don't know. 3-point whatever, leader V6. Yeah. Pontiac. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What's your What's your choice for avoiding conversations with strangers? A windowless Econoline van. <laughs> That's a good one. Man, that was my choice. You keep stealing those from me. I was going to go just for like the creeper van. Yeah. Just like, and I actually, I was going to say a, a van that has like shag carpet and like windows with shades in the back. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody's getting into that. Like, thing. no one's going to talk to you. No way. They're not going to like come yeah, no, up. No, no, the windowless Econoline is, is really it, you know. With like free candy spray Every, paint on the Everyone's side. been warned to stay away from those <laughs> since a young age. Yes. <laughs> Don't talk to the guy with the van. All right. So um, that was it for um, Best Car 4. Always a fun game. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, okay. So next uh, segment we're doing is called From the Website. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the comings and goings on dailyturismo.com. Uh, things like the car of the week and the comments of the week. So, Oh, boy. I'll kick this off. Um so my choice for sort of car of the week, um, or I'll say the favorite sort of post of the week, was um, the 1975 Chevy El Camino Laguna S3 that was on um, on, on Delhi Turismo. So it is a um, if you're if you're familiar with the um, the Laguna that was available in the um, uh, the Chevelle lineup. It was a Laguna S3 front end, and the idea was oh, that it was pretty. this aero front end kind of thing um, that they did to make the Chevelle look more—I don't know—cool. It was an option, and it was actually for NASCAR. Their NASCAR teams wanted it to go a little faster. And what apparently, if you knew the right central office production order numbers, um, Copo codes, you could <laughs> order it on the El Camino. Interesting. And so someone's selling one for about. Was sixteen five on eBay, um, which is a lot for an El Camino from nineteen seventy four, nineteen seventy three. Sorry, you got a photo over there, is right that, there. There's a photo of it. Yeah, but you know what? If you wanted the most oh God, interesting that front end, yes, that's the Laguna front end. Right? <laughs> for those of you listening at home, you can see it on uh, dailyturismo.com, I presume. But this yes, is yeah. one ugly ass El Camino, man. Yikes! Right, but but it was like it was the it, it, yes, it was ugly. <laughs> right, this is like late Chevelle. 
Correct. Yes, like the yeah. seventy Chevelle. They, I was thinking. Laguna. Okay, th- I was thinking like quad headlights. No, little, that no, no, Forward no, 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 rake. No. This is the, this is raked the wrong way. This is like the pointy, like weird. Kinda, oh yeah, this is brutal. Know. Yes, <laughs> but but at the same time, like for like seventies, if you're into like terrible seventies cars, it's cool. Yeah, and, no, and you're not it's wrong. like the coolest terrible seventies Camille you could buy. So uh, I, I like that. I, I do kind of like the terrible seventies <laughs> like stuff. I'll, I'll give you that. But that isn't the car I'd buy. The car that I'd buy is the 1982 Volvo 245 wagon <laughs> with a V8. Of course. I'm going to this this Volvo. And Chris, I hope you're still listening because the Volvo and now, El Camino show. Now, oh. well, but see the the reason the reason I liked it was um, it was uh, it they had gotten some money from IPD something called the IPD build off where they were giving out like 25 grand to a bunch of people to like build their cars up, and these guys got some money from it and they threw a um, like a good 400 or so horse um, Ford V8 into this uh, Volvo 245 wagon and they put on airbags and they <laughs> loaded the grounds, got the flat hood and the single headlights. It's like all the, the okay. stuff Volvo kids do to their wagons. <laughs> and then they, they were offering it for like 8,500 Canadian, which was like about $4, four U.S. dollars, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 6,500 U.S. dollars in, uh, in Canada. And manual or automatic? Manual. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And it was, it just sounds, the car just sounds just gnarly and-, and um, So rear wheel drive. Rear wheel drive. Yeah. You're talking about- um, Manual Volvo wagon. Manual With Volvo Ford, wagon. You say, what, what engine did you say was in it? It was a Ford 302. Ooh, That was all, uh, you know- It was done up? Yeah, done up. Um, and uh, and just, you know, fast and, and furious. <laughs> and and they, they had these uh, videos of it. Um, and it was good. you kind of had to find the videos. There was one video they included, but you're able to find some other ones. Um, and they uh, there was this one video where this guy, this the biggest shifter you've ever seen, that was like up by his like ear, and he's like shifting it, and it was just hooning like, in style. Yeah, it was hooning, and Fantastic. and it's again, it, it oh, it's like yeah, slammed, baby. it's just, grounded to the ground. I just but saw, <laughs> I just saw a photo of this. Um, yeah. Oh my god, that is a car man yeah, that so, thing so is crazy he's got 8 grand in receipts for the engine alone and he wants 6500 bucks for it and I he said he's buying something else he's moving on so <laughs> I, I looked at that and said man you know I would show up my, my son Alex who's probably listening to the show would, would, he would just be so thrilled if I got that car oh he's got like a Ferrari yeah. style gauge pod too it's a yellow yeah. tack in the middle yeah. a lot that of money like insane. I said I don't know what it's of like the 25 grand clean. IPD build off went into that car whether it was 5 of it or wow. what, what he put into it but it's got a lot of money in receipts into that car, and um, yeah, that's a. Ama- I mean, for me personally, the bag suspension is. Uh, I'm not, it's not doing it for me, but you know, a cool build. I've never cool color. It's like a maroon. I've never had a car with airbags, but you know what? I would. You know, why not? Right? Give it a try once. What's the worst uh, that can happen? Right? Yeah, I really like the car, other than the bags. This is you, you could fill the rear bumper with air to. <laughs> <fill your> airbags. <laughs> yeah, you could too. Just well, take out you, the you air compressor. Six well, actually, grand? With Shoot, a, I'd be with a Volvo for that price. With a Volvo, they're just boxy. You just fill the whole cabin with air. That's true. Just, just keep the windows, yeah. this the, the windows up. This is the windows up. This is like a quintessential Jalopnik car, except for the. Except it's for the, brown and everything. everything. Yeah, it's literally a yeah. brown manual hot rod wagon. Yeah, amazing. No, 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 it's it's a winner. Great steering wheel too. Yeah, shoot, I might give this guy a call. <laughs> <laughs> Edmonton, that's kind of okay. central Canada, right? Yeah, uh, far from Canada. Us. It's the capital of uh, Alberta. Right, of course. You would have to bring your woolly um, mammoth. You know, outfit maybe, maybe they give me a woolly <laughs> discount. <laughs> <It's like laughs> you fit in with people. Um, Nathan, you got any uh, favorite cars from the week on Delhi Turismo that you were looking at there? Or? I like the um, I like the seventy five MGB. Oh, convertible. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, that's what I was looking at. That's got yeah. a soft spot for the seventy Sierra uh, Roadsters myself. A sharp looking strong runner, if I've seen one. Eighteen hundred <laughs> bucks. Nice. Cincinnati. Yeah. Here we go. Nice. What's the rust situation? 
It looks looks okay. That'd be my first question at that yeah, price, and especially th- in Ohio up north. Well, the thing is, is that a lot of those old British cars, when when they um, oh, they, I'm just seeing a photo of it. It's nice. Looks yeah, and, and so if it's still running and driving, it's probably not rusted out because it would have broken in half. Hmm. So, <laughs> I, it's one of those things where, you oh, know, those yeah. rusted really easily. And so if they didn't rust, it was because the person had Z-barred it or done something to it to stop it from rusting when it was yeah. new. And so this is super clean for two grand. That's a really it's good got the rubber. For it's that. got the yeah. rubber bumpers, which are not undesirable. Um, yeah, it's it not some pretty, work. but it needs some work. But this would be a great little. Well, see, the, you car. know what the best part is that you can lower it to the earlier ride height. They actually raised the ride height for safety requirements in like the uh, mid seventies. Bumper height or something. Yeah, because the bumpers are too low. But you can lower it yourself, and then you can put the chrome bumpers. They'll bolt right on, and then all of a sudden you have a car that looks like it's a sixty-five MGB for eighteen hundred bucks, yeah. for two grand, right? Right. So and we know from Lemons Racing, you can lower any car for free just <laughs> by cutting the springs. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, good grief. Stiffer and lower, all for free. That's yeah. That's the only way to go, right? Just nothing that's like cool. a little grinder there. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's the that's the those are the cars of the week. Um, the comment of the week came from um, commenter uh, Tom McGuire, and this was on that. Um, did he play Spider Man? <laughs> yes, I think he did actually. Oh, my kid loves Spider Man. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Blue Spider Man. What what does your kid call Spider Man? Out of curiosity. Uh, he used to call him Spider Man, okay, but now he calls him Spider Man. Okay, all right. Is your kid is four? No, no, no. He's like two and a half. Dang it! Why do I think your kid was older than that? Your kid <laughs> D Woods really well though. He does. It's incredible. Yeah, he's he's a pro. He's a pro. Uh, sixty-seven Volvo one twenty-two S Amazon. Um, of course, more Volvos. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but Tom McGuire was talking about how the values of the five forty-fours, one twenty-twos, eighteen hundreds are being joined this last several years by what he called the brick boys. This is the Volvo two forty. Hmm. He says, "Never in my wildest imagination did I think the two forties would become valuable. They last like herpes, no and there is an incredible number of them lumbering around with all usual plastic pieces broken off and AC systems that quit thirty years ago. But the engines do keep going." And he says, the Volvo market is an interesting one, and I'm a lifelong fan. I am delighted. Or as a lifelong fan, I am delighted. So hmm. I thought that was a good comment. Um, you know, the funny part's notwithstanding, he, he, he brings a good, um, a good point that this, um, there's still, and again, we were talking about Volvo, so that's, this, is, this is a good segue. Yeah. There's still decent deals for a, a, a classic or a, I'll say a modern classic, depending on what car you get. Um, and they haven't, Gone through some rapid price appreciation, like you know BMW two thousand twos or um, mm-hmm. a Porsche nine eleven or a Mustang. God, they or got expensive, didn't they? Two thousand two. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I forget TIIs too. Those used to be like really cheap. Yeah, man. You, they can't buy any of those anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and two thousand twos, you can still find deals in two thousand twos, but the days of a thousand dollar ones, two thousand dollar ones, you can no, just drive or just no go. Way. No way. Now people want you know five for yeah. a little cheap runner. Yeah. And, no, know, they're just... they're not. They definitely went up a lot. I'm bummed. I missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Alas. Yeah, that's going to do. So that was from the website. Um, we are going to do some news uh, before we sign off the air. But if, if you guys want to see Flow's news, it's actually Ben's news today. But um, yes. if you guys want to call in, interrupt Ben. You going to let him call in and interrupt <laughs> you, Ben? Yeah, they can call in and interrupt me. Maybe I'll answer. 424-260-2822. So go ahead, Ben. You can give us All some right. news. Uh, this is Seaflow's news this week. Um, <laughs> first news... <laughs> Item is the 100th Indy 500. You guys heard of it? Oh, yeah. That's why this is a big one. It's the 100th. Okay. Actually, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> the, the coolest thing I, I saw about it was um was James Hinchcliffe, the, the pole sitter. Uh, he, last year, he almost died at the exact same racetrack. Did you guys see that? 
where his car literally exploded. I think it was yep. going into turn four or something. And so he comes yes, back this brutal. year, and, and now he's sitting on the pole for the race. I think that that's pretty amazing. Here we go. Hmm. You wonder if everyone like backed off a little bit, like, hey, that guy's <laughs> almost died. Let, let's give him a like, because maybe he will die this year. So they're kind of oh, worried geez. about him. Well, in other news, uh, Tony Canon he recorded the fastest practice lap on Friday, and uh, Carlos Munoz was second. So, um, also in the news is Forbes released its list of longest-lasting cars in an article from um, Jim. Oh man, sorry, Jim, I'm gonna butcher your name, Grizzelny. Um, so Vince, uh, from ten to one, how many of these cars do you think you can name? Uh, longest-lasting based on what? Longest-lasting, like- I don't know. Forbes just. I don't know, based on what the, ga- the what data Forbes for, said. What, what yeah. data is this? Uh, like, and, and what era cars are you talking about here? You're talking cars in the 90s, 2000s? What, yeah, probably modern cars. They're probably yeah. saying so, car, so, whatever like it reports the highest average mileage. So not the Volvo yeah. 240. Huh. <laughs> no, it would be any <laughs> era. Yeah, uh, there are no Volvos on this. Sorry, Seaflow. Oh, burn. Well, mo- modern Volvos haven't been particularly reliable or, or, or long-lasting, I think. so. Um, well, it's got to be cars that have been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, Toyota Camry, yeah. it's, Honda it's, Civic, it's, it's Honda models, Accord. I yeah. mean, yeah. Honda yeah. Accord, Camry. So, so the, the longest, la- if you can guess the longest lasting car, um, I'll actually, I'll buy dinner next week. Hmm. Mm. Uh, 57 Chevy. <laughs> Be- you, Buick it's Regal. Ba- it's based on that platform. Now, right? is it, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> I was going to say, if this, uh, if this includes like fleet, Operations, you might get a truck in there. You might get like Silverado F one fifty if because they just run yeah whatever you, you got like a big uh, commercial lineup in the mix. But I don't know if I would say Crown, Ford that. Crown Victoria. Oh that's yeah, the, those Talk taxi drivers for sure. Yeah, Crown Vic that could be on, the, on list. the list. No, Crown Vic's not even on the list. Wow, uh, I'm surprised. I want to know where this data is coming from. Yeah, this, uh, this I don't know. I, you know, it's, the, it's from the internet, and the internet does not lie. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. From tell, tell me, there's no Volkswagens in that list, okay? Because they had the real reliability issues. Wait, from Ernest front. guessed for number one before we read it. Okay, them. here we go. Um, I guess I'll go Camry. I'll go Accord. Just to, yeah. Although Accords had no. transmission issues, so but, I'm going to say yeah, no. The, the Accord's well, actually not even on the list. Well, how about uh, uh, really? Lexus uh, <laughs> ES350? I'm guessing oh, a, that's, a that's Subaru, Subaru wagon of some sort. Uh, you know what? You Outback guys, you guys got house. two, three, and <laughs> five. Awesome. Number two is the Toyota Camry. Number okay. three is the Lexus ES three fifty slash four fifty. Number five is the Subaru Forester. Wow, very popular in Lisbon. And um, you got a Volkswagen Passat in there? Yes, actually, one. number seven, Volkswagen Passat. That's hilarious. Wow. So here you go from okay. ten from ten to one. Number ten, Toyota Sienna. Nine is the Lexus RX three fifty slash four fifty. Number eight, surprisingly, you know, Doctor J will be happy. It's the Mazda six. Nice. Oh, D Wood would be happy yeah. too. <laughs> awesome. No, number That's seven, car. The, the Volkswagen Passat. Number six, believe it or not, uh, and this is where the list completely gets called into question. Pinecast. No, it's it, Audi. It's it's Aww. the all road by Audi. What? Yeah. What? This is like this the, is like is Forbes just like listing their advertisers? Because these magazines, like I know that magazines are kind of embedded with the manufacturers to a certain extent, and then that, that's that's the nature of the game. But Forbes is like isn't, Audi All Road. Isn't Audi All Road like the one of like the notoriously worst? Yeah, you like, sure you're not reading like cars? the the least reliable no, cars. I, I test no, and, and then this was this. So number five is the Forester. What? Number four is the Prius. Huh. Number three is the ES350. Number two is the Toyota Camry, and number one. I can barely say it. it's the Scion XB. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. With an yeah. 81% above average rating. So, and so then, um, this, this Vince number three, I, I had to yeah. pull this because it's something that we've talked about quite a bit here on the radio show is the, is the Google, the self-driving car. Hmm. They've actually come up with, um, 
an an idea of what they think will will help save lives, and that is um a sticky hood. Oh, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> no, seriously. Alyssa Newcomb at Good Morning America had this had this on. Um, <laughs> they, they they call that's it the so human great. fly paper. I, gotta, oh, I, 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 got, I, got I think that's a working here. title. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, they they figure Vince, we were talking about um how. <laughs> I'm just picturing Gavin Belson p- pitching this in the Silicon Valley yeah. episode. Uh, how the you know a car is going to have to decide whether to injure the driver or somebody else. <laughs> so this, I think, is Google's way of trying to limit their liability. Really is just sticky is, car. Yeah, a sticky hood. I'm, I'm so coming to you Mr. from Google B- like, soon. Like Mr. Bean, like riding around the hood of a car, like just and and this self-driving car will just continue driving in its route to wherever yeah. it's going, and this dude will be stuck to it, screaming. Like this is like the worst dystopian future ever. It's like. We're there. I want the Mad Max. This is like a Mad Max, like with the guys on the front of the cars, but it's on a self-driving Google car. Hey, Google car, go pick up my pizza and all my friends. (laughs) And the dude in the crosswalk, the homeless guy running across the street. (laughs) Hey, guys. How do you get someone off? You you got to solve it. You spray (laughs) Just imagine all the the road crime that would be on that after like 10 miles down the, the 405. Yeah, you'd have like a collection of butter flies and it, stuff it on it. It would just be, be black with diesel particulates. You, you'd be, have kangaroos, Australians have kangaroos yeah, covering yeah. it in like minutes. You could see over the fur. That's, exactly. So that's that, that's the news this week. That is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, hey, Ben, thanks for the uh, thanks for the news. That was, mm. a, that was <laughs> a, a, my that pleasure. Was, that was a good part. Uh, we're, uh, I guess we're going to wind down the show. So um, on that note, uh, that's all the time we had for a show tonight. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in and our callers for calling in. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone on TalkRadio1.com, including uh, Mark Germain. And thank you, Andrew, for being a fantastic guest today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Time. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Thank, thank, thank you. you. That's right. Thank you, Lince. Thanks uh, for the beer. And uh, Nathan, <laughs> thank you for being a fantastic co-host. Thank you. <laughs> well, <'cause> Tom <laughs> Likas just showed up. <laughs> and finally, I'd like to thank Bruce or Ben for uh, pushing the knobs and switches over there. Keep on wrenching. You've been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. Do you ever want-